0: Everyone, Arr, ar, ar. welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D and D podcast where we won't be playing D and D. As always, I'm your host Tyler,
1: and I am soon to be your co-host and the newest member of the Adventurers League. too till...
0: all right right, is their podcast where we argue, debate, scream into the void. Not this time. I'm too excited about various aspects of D and D Fifth Edition feel free to join the
1: conversation by tweeting us at rwd
0: podcast that's right uh uh today is the in a day. day
1: in literally tomorrow really in literally tomorrow i will be adventuring the in the adventurers league you yes got a, on the 18th you got a slot i've got two slots on friday the 18th so, so you're
0: calling you're calling this tomorrow for when this comes out not for when we're yes. recording this because yes. we recorded it before it comes out obviously yes. time uh,
1: travels weird
0: so you got would you just say you have two slots
1: Yes, I've got two slots on Friday. Um, two so different adventures? So the way that for anyone playing in D&D Celebration 2020, uh, Friday the 18th until Sunday the 20th, uh, come find me. Um, but uh, uh, I'm on Discord already. Uh, tables uh, 151, 170, and 319. So there you go. Um,
0: you should have mentioned this in the last week's episode.
1: No, nah, it's better this way. Um, but uh what was i gonna say so the way it works is friday there's four parts and each part is like a different mission in the world uh and everyone starts at level one unless you have a pre-made adventures league character from other things that did other things maybe they played in DD live this year maybe they actually are just an adventures league character who knows but uh i don't so i have a level one character that i will be starting at but if you do two sessions on friday you'll get a level so you'll be able to go into Saturday's big thing where you actually might die with at a level, which I feel like would be very helpful. So I'm doing two level sessions two. on Friday to get to level two <laughs> to hopefully live through that, so I can be level three when I finish Saturday. T- Tyler, you froze. Okay. Hi. Can you hear me? Yep. 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 We're good. You're
0: playing both sessions as the same character.
1: Yeah. So I'm playing all three as the same character. Uh. So. So. Friday, I'm playing to gain a level, and then Saturday I will have that level going in to, uh, into whatever happens after Saturday. And for everybody, at home, what
0: so. uh, character will you be playing?
1: I oh, let me let me pull. Uh, his name is Werner Shortusk. Uh, he is a uh, this this part you might actually enjoy. Uh, he is a uh, half orc. Uh, he is going to be an eldritch knight someday. All he wants to do is learn how to cast the spells. Oh, a fighter. Yes. Can you call him a half-bjork, please? Uh, no, oh, I'm, it is half-orc, so we will see.
0: Because you got, like, a, a, a fake Swedish thing going on? Yes, going for? yes. I feel like you're going to very easily fall into your Russian
1: no i actually i've been working on this one for a while so I yeah but good. i know you and i feel like
0: it's gonna happen
1: yeah da. i mean the russian is much easier
0: <laughs> exactly like every time i try an english accent i fall into my australian one because it's so much easier
1: why don't you uh, do your jamaican for us <laughs> because <laughs> offense not offense the time taken.
0: <laughs> i don't actually know if it's offensive just as so much as poor taste is there a difference right? yes right like if i did a jamaican accent would jamaican people be offended probably not would they look at me and go that's a dumb white guy
1: probably fairish fair Fair, i'd give you fairish on that one
0: right like if i if i did a southern accent just and i just was speaking yes right southerners would be like fine but if i did the southern accent and was doing the dumb bit along with it then it's offensive right yeah Okay, I right. see. I'm paying
1: up to putting down. Okay,
0: so yeah, as of the 18th of September, you at tables 151 and what? 151, 170, and 319. We'll be playing Dungeons Dragons from with people across the world uh, in the D&D the live event celebration. D&D yes. Se- September celebration thing.
1: Yes, I'm on the Discord, ready to go.
0: Which will take place in the Forgotten Realms.
1: Yes, in Icewind Dale.
0: Which we covered last time, so we're not talking about this time.
1: Nope, we're talking so we- about uh which one do you want to do first uh let's let's do good old eberron because i feel like that's one that i am familiar with
0: it is pronounced urban okay
1: (laughs) home of the unicorns it's not uh you know what my favorite part about eberron is um i'm gonna go with the prevalence of steam engines no
0: it's just how cool it looks
1: I've always took you as a fan of steampunk, but like in the closet about it. Yeah, I am a closeted steampunk fan. Like I love the aesthetic
0: of steampunk. I hate when I see people cosplaying steampunk in real life. Well, like it, it makes me want to all take all a croquet mail to okay, their face. So
1: anyone out there that's a, a steampunk cosplayer, he doesn't mean it. Don't don't let him don't let him spew his, his anger.
0: Oh no, I mean it. It looks real dumb. But like when you illustrate it or when you like a book is set in a steampunk setting, it's like it's actually really very fun.
1: So- I feel like there's a limit when it goes from like, Oh, that's interesting or unique to. Okay, you really didn't need to do that. That's just stupid. You went too far with this. Now, yes,
0: I I would agree with that probably. But the when when everon was introduced to D D, which was or at least in third edition, right? Two thousand four. It looked so cool. There was a lot of like Wayne England's type illustrations of of Warforged and flying machines and just cool fucking shit
1: dude fucking the first time i saw a warforged picture i'm like okay so that's what a stone golem or something i mean what are we doing here and then i was like reading about it, i'm like wait what i can do this i can be this i yeah okay
0: warforged first of all third edition warforged was great yes second they still of all, are great but eh. yes
1: uh second of all
0: uh, that was the whole point of eberron was to be different Mm-hmm. like that was that was the goal it, it was i'm pretty sure it was a it was a campaign setting contest that what's his name i don't remember the guy's name came up with Eberron. in like 2000 naming contest no it was, it was like a, it was a campaign setting contest oh, yeah come up, keith came baker up, keith come baker up, up with the, the next name campaign name setting for d and signed Eberron. right and it was just like okay here's mine it's this fucking steampunk place because that's what Eberron is it's d and d with steampunk
1: so uh, probably, you know, we'll we'll obviously touch on this, but uh, definitely my my favorite part about Ebron was the idea, and we kind of touched on it in the Forgotten Realms, but there's all this magic in Faerun, which is why nothing ever gets built. Whereas there's not a lot of magic in good old Ebron, so shit actually gets built. Fun, no interesting things happen.
0: That is that is part of the be different. It is a low magic setting.
1: I think the highest they get is like fifth level spells in Eberron.
0: And the results of that is what you just said. Stuff. Machines. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, uh, giant juggernauts, buildings, skyscrapers, f- floating cities, all sorts of shit that is mechanical or arcano mechanical in nature.
1: Innovations came into play.
0: Right, and that's why it looked cool. It's like, visually, or in terms of aesthetic, the combination of magic shit and machine
1: shit looks cool. What's your favorite machine shit that they have in Eberron?
0: In terms of?
1: Just your favorite unique machine shit thing that they built that they have in Eberron that you don't find anywhere else.
0: Uh...
1: It could be the war uh, It could be any of the. the I, honestly, I'm going to
0: give a basic, basic answer, and it's just flying ships.
1: Flying ships, perfect. I love the lightning rail system.
0: Yes, the speed magic train.
1: Yes, the speed magic train that spans the entire continent. Like, I love it. I love it.
0: Talk about public transit: flying ships and speed magic trains. That's all you need. It's essentially Japan. Exactly, and like the flying ships. I know you could have a flying ship in like proper Magic D and D. But it's like the Flying Dutchman. It's a boat enchanted to fly, mm-hmm. not a not a device built and designed to fly like the Weatherlight in the magic settings, right? Yes, yes. It is specifically for the purpose of flying, and they look fucking cool as shit. And that's kind of why I like them. Not because it's an original thing, flying boats, but it looks so cool. Imagine if yes. planes looked like that. Mm-hmm. They would be way be more fun. fun. Be fun. way more fun. It's fun. No, I do have a question that you might know the answer to because I haven't yeah. spent a lot of time playing in Ebron, except just using the things and pulling them mm-hmm. into mine. Is there a ring around the planet? No. All the I found stuff that there's a ring around the planet.
1: Severis is I...
0: named for one of the people who fought to
1: create the world. Is that just the lightning rail system that runs around it?
0: I don't fucking know. No, it's like a it's like a orbital. It's just, ring. It's just
1: a ring, an orbital. Oh no.
0: Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up.
1: I've never had a player go to the orbital ring around Eberron. so is I can't it is a
0: planetary ring of golden dragon shards that orbit the planet?
1: Ooh, speaking of dragons, it's interesting in my opinion that dragons actually are a very big part of Eberron, and yet magic isn't. And I find that really quite interesting.
0: Well, dragons um, were formative in its existence, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the area known as Kyber, there, there's uh, seven main... Regions of Eberron, and then there's Kyber, which is this literal like body of a progenitor dragon, as it's called, where magic like crystals and shit can be found. There's all kinds of uh, uh modules that take you there to find cool artifacts and shit. and I just love that idea. I love that there's an entire area that is just a dead dragon's body.
0: Well, you are um reminding me of something that eberron has a bunch of
1: moons don't they have 12 almost 13 but one's invisible
0: yes that is correct and um i think kyber the, the 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 moons all have like names related to de- deities and, and dragons and stuff but i think kyber is the underworld yeah isn't it yeah it's not like a continent it is it is like the underdark it's the underdark essentially right all the all the parts, like Eberron is the world, mm-hmm. Sybaris is the planetary ring, and Kyber is the underworld. Those were all like people or dragons that fought in creating the the world. Mm-hmm. Sybaris creating dragons, Eberron creating humanoids, Kyber creating demons. Yes. So it has this really magical backstory
1: that we've all just moved on from. Exactly, and then science came along. I think, uh, and I don't remember where I saw this, but I feel like part of the reason that uh, science started becoming more and more thing is because humans started becoming more and more thing. And whereas elves and dragons, all these things are naturally magical, humans weren't, so they had to deal with it, and they had to figure out what the fuck we're gonna do. It, you can't fight a dragon with a stick and a stone, so you know, let's figure this shit out.
0: You got to make a gun, then turret. <laughs> You've mentioned this on the show before. Eberron sometimes feels like a, if you don't know where else to put this thing, put it in the campaign setting of Eberron.
1: Yeah, it can fit. There's there's something for everyone in Eberron, except ninth level spellcasters. They, they don't exist. Get the fuck out. Yes, high magic. Um, Elminster would be like, I'm a god? I'm, I'm well, a god. I'm a real god this time. I'm an actual god now. Thank you, everyone.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of actual gods, they're not really big in it.
1: No. In Eberron. No. They have they they have systems of like deities, but it's kind of weird. It almost feels more like culty than religion-y.
0: Well, they they don't and from a rules standpoint, from like old timey rules, they didn't have to like follow a deity to do god stuff. Yeah. They could just worship good, right?
1: But and to go with that though. There weren't a lot of, you know, uh, clerics weren't very big in Eberron because they had actual healing. They had they had doctors and shit and surgeons and shit and people that could actually do the physical job of healing as opposed to the magical job of universal
0: healing. healthcare is in Eberron.
1: Yeah, so they didn't particularly need uh, a high level cleric, but what they did have were artificers and you know druids that focused on localized herbal healing and shit so
0: in the eberron rising from the last war mm-hmm. what's in there that's important for the campaign setting
1: well uh, i mean yeah, we could know, pull it up races uh the Obviously. i think the clashtar the uh changelings, you know, really important. Uh Warforge yeah, Shifters. Dr. Shifter, thank you. Um, but I think finished probably finished. the biggest part, and honestly, it kind it's kind of glossed over because I feel like they didn't do a great job with it in uh Rise of the Last War. What's interesting is I actually th- I actually liked Wayfarer's Guide to eberron more, or whatever it was called. I think it was Wayfarer's Guide I think to it's
0: Wayfarers
1: more than Rising from the Last War, but because Rising from the Last War came out. Wayfarers is irrelevant now. You can't even use it Correct. because there's an actual official book now. Did you get your money back? Never got my money back on that. Still uh, still a little salty about that. Thanks but a lot, Obama. The thing that they did, in my opinion, badly is the dragon bark houses. Because that's yes. a huge part of Eberron that I feel like gets kind of marginalized almost.
0: Eberron focuses very much on regional and specific groupings like not all elves are the same right elves from Mm -hmm. this place are different from elves from this place different from elves from this place and that kind of also includes the dragon mark system um which i can i'm going to go to in the book but if you want to summarize it while i go to it you can so
1: these are if i remember correctly been a while um these are houses these are like um guilds uh clans whatever you want to call them uh that have been touched and just brought down, you know, through the bloodlines, in specific species to have extra superpowers. So there are, oh god, I don't remember how many. I think there's like twenty marks or something like that. Um, but uh, each each race really um, that is popular in Eberron has one: humans, half elves, halflings, gnomes, elves. Uh, I think half-orcs have one, but I think dwarves have one too. I think dwarves and half-orcs are the only ones that have one. Everyone else has like multiple. Correct. Um, But it really, uh, as much as we as a society, as a culture nowadays, hate kind of putting people in a box, that's exactly what this did. Um, And it really forced you to say, if I want to be a... Mark of healing character. I have to be a halfling because halflings are nice. They're all about healing and hospitality and loving life, and so that's what their houses do, and that's what's in their blood, passed down through the generations.
0: Right. So the you didn't have to have a dragon mark. Dragon marks to to be you know a halfling in general, or like oh a no
1: no healer. no. So, but to be a part of that household, yeah.
0: Right. The the dragon mark itself would like appear on certain people, right, and and you had to go through tests and shit, but not everyone in the house had the dragon mark, right? It was, it appears on not, not every member of a family would get a dragon mark, for example. So
1: I don't think that's right.
0: I mean, I'm looking
1: at it. Cause I know you can't buy or make a dragon mark. Like it's tied to the bloodlines within a specific species.
0: Yeah, but my point was, you could it's part of your story in Eberron, you oh, could, you could be oh. the outcast of a family who like didn't—they're dragon all
1: dragonmarked, and you're not. Yeah, yeah, that you could do. Right. Um, exactly. Now you could, if I'm not mistaken, uh, take a feat to give yourself uh, the aberrant dragon mark, which I feel like was like the anti thing. Like, I'm mad that I don't have a dragon mark. So I'm going to make myself get a dragon mark in some way. And it becomes all badass. You get you're, you're such like the bad guy. It's great. I love it.
0: I want to find that. Where's that in this book?
1: It's a, it's one of the feats. Uh, I think it's just in the dragon mark section. Oh, but yeah, Aber- you get a drag, <laughs> you get a flaw that goes with it. Uh, oh yeah. It just, it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Aberrant
0: dragon mark. You have manifested an aberrant dragon mark, to Determine its appearance and the flaw. Increase your con by one. You learn a cantrip. When you cast the first little spell through your mark, you can expend one of your hit dice and roll it. If you roll an even number, you gain a number of temporary hit points. If you roll an odd number, somebody around you takes damage. But you get a flaw, like your mark hurts you, or it whispers to you, or your mark hisses audibly. Fucking oh, awesome. Oh, wow. It.
1: Well, that's interesting. Yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't I never looked at that cuz why would I but So I that's kind of
1: like it. what you're talking about though where you know you're part of this family that has this long tradition of being dragonmarked but you didn't get it so you're fucking an outcast your character works towards getting an aberrant one and you become this just like evil asshole of a character I love it so okay, that's
0: my question for the Aberrant You have horrific nightmares
1: mark. after you use your mark. I love
0: I'm it. In that, aberrant, mark of ten, aberrant Marks often appear when people from different Dragon Mark families produce a child. But Aberrant Dragon Marks can appear in members of any race, any age, regardless of bloodline. So this is like in, in, in terms of canon rules, right? It's not like a thing you choose. It's just something that happens to you eventually. Mm-hmm. So like I mean, you, it's a feat,
1: you, so you have to take it.
0: Yeah, you choose it as a player, right? Yeah. So like you, you, your, your character. Dramatically
1: speaking, it just happens to you, it, right? So yeah. like
0: you, you grew up, you, you were almost an adult. Like oh, you know, I'm, I'm training in the army. Here I am, blah. blah, blah. and then suddenly, like I never got my dragon mark. It's okay. I can go do this thing now, and like suddenly you get this like creeping horrible shape, you know, that develops on you.
1: Yeah. So, so I, I feel like though it's not really that interesting if it's not used in Eberron. Yes. Because anywhere that there's not dragon-marked house everywhere, having an Eberron dragon-mark is just like, oh, you got a cool tattoo. Nice. Right.
0: I, I explicitly won't want dragon mark characters in my homebrew campaign. So. Because it doesn't matter, it doesn't fit, and it doesn't make any sense.
1: You don't that's, make any sense.
0: That's the thing about Eberron, is that if you take Eberron things out of Eberron, they usually don't make sense unless you've already pre-established something similar. It's so like, Making a war forged, you could kind of defend because golems and and shield guardians and things like that exist. But if I suddenly have a mechanical flying ship, you would be like, wait the fuck a second. That nothing else like that exists in my world. It it feels uh, there's a word for it called anatopic. It doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't fit in that context in that setting, right? So Everon's, Everon's very much its own self contained thing that you want to play in, but again. Not a lot of adventures set in Eberron.
1: Something I find interesting about Eberron is that, um, and we've kind of talked about this with other things, specifically psionics. Uh, it always feels like it gets introduced after the fact.
0: Well, it's you know, only like, been introduced a couple times.
1: So it came, obviously it came out in 04 uh, after, you know, the contest was run and it became a campaign setting. So that's fine. But then in 4th edition, it didn't come out until 2009. And in fifth edition, it didn't get an Unearthed Arcana until 2015, and then finally got a book. But I mean, it's definitely it if it, it's definitely a campaign setting that is never front and center. So I think Everyone that has might
0: psionics in it, right? I believe so. So because the clash, clash are, star have yeah. yeah. So it maybe
1: they're just and Dalkir. simplifying it out. They just
0: say fuck it. We're gonna put all of our. Half-baked ideas together in one thing
1: and release it. I feel like what they do is they like to take Forgotten Realms and similar campaign settings and say, "This is nice, neat, and familiar." Start with this, and we're going to get into this really weird shit down the road once you're used to the other shit.
0: Yeah, there's probably a better way to do that in general,
1: but we've I, talked I... about their their current Unearthed Arcana system, and I think it does. A good job, most of the time.
0: Um, well, my question is really what's I the what's the purpose of having the multiple different campaign settings in an official DMG capacity, right? Options. So why not just have all those options in the one campaign setting?
1: Why not just start out with like a PHB, a DMG, a monster manual, and then a campaign setting handbook or something?
0: Sure, or each with of t- those books refers to this item exists in this campaign setting, right?
1: I feel like that would be hard to do, is putting it in each book, but having it as its own book and make, like a fourth core rule book, I feel like that would be very helpful.
0: That could be kind of cool. Alright, um, we're out of time for first segment. We're going to go into another E world in the second half. Well, that's our teaser,
1: people. It's E and E. Be right back. <laughs> All right, we're back. Are we though? No. Are we ever really here?
0: No, we're not. We're
1: burner just... tusk tooth. Would like to say something about this? Is
0: that, is that your name?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, short tusk, short, short tusk. Okay, burner short tusk.
0: So that's your half orc voice,
1: yes. And you are, uh, so my favorite part. So we've talked about going like against grain before and all that. Is that I made, He so obviously he's half work, uh, you know, is what it is. You know, I so I wanted a character at, at level one that could actually do something. Sure. So he's he's a polearm fighter, which I thought was fun. Um, And the reason that he does that is because he wanted to do something really big to intimidate people because he hates fighting. All he wants to do is learn how to do magic, but because of who he is and what he looks like, everyone's like, you got to fight. You got to fight. You, you're, I'm going to hire you to fight. I don't want you to learn magic. Fight something. I love so, pole arm fighter. So yeah, he's going to be a, a pole arm eldritch knight. It's going to be so much fun. But that I, means
0: you can't take the the pole arm feet eventually. Why not? What's that? Well, what level do you get? Eldritch knight. Eldritch knight Third? three. Third. Yeah. You got to feed it. Do you get a feed four? At four. Because yeah. you're gonna you really you know gonna spend your feet on something else, aren't you?
1: Well, so now that, that character fighters get all the all the extra ability score boosts. That other classes don't get. So, this I mean, they true. get it. at, What, like four, six, eight, ten, twelve? I got a million of them. Yeah. So, I'm not overtly worried about when I'll get the feet. I don't. Well, I mean, obviously, I don't know if I'll even play this character past level three. So, are you got to take to pull our
0: master feet.
1: Well, I don't get a feet until level four. So, to do right, level four? Um, we'll see. I mean, again, I don't know if I'm ever going to play this character past level three. So,
0: we'll convince tapey baby to dm and he can play that
1: character yeah so we'll see we'll see but long term i'll think about it but it's i think the plan the general plan if i were to maintain it would be to get my strength up to at least 18 first it's only at 16 right now so i'd probably do level 4 18 strength and then uh arm master uh and then sentinel is the the double whammy that i would like to do
0: Okay, Werner Shorttusk does not exist in our second campaign setting of the day. Could,
1: could, could. Which does. is what? We're going to be talking about the wonderful brand new world of Exandria. Otherwise known as Matt Mercerland. Matt Mercerland, because he's done a fucking fantastic job building a world. Like, goddamn.
0: Yeah, goddamn. He's, he's done okay.
1: Have you ever seen a map of the entire world?
0: I have seen it, but I haven't studied it, no. It's
1: gorgeous. Fucking just just pretty
0: it's pretty to look at. Alexandria map. It is very split apart.
1: Yes. So it's it looks kind of like uh whenever I look at it, the first thing I think is this is just the world upside down.
0: I don't like it, actually. Now that okay. I'm now that I'm seeing it again. I don't like it.
1: Well, that's you. Uh
0: First of all, it is very reminiscent of Azeroth, the World of Warcraft map setting. I
1: have no idea what that looks like.
0: It's essentially a nation on the left, a nation on the right, some new stuff in the middle.
1: Well, considering that you know the world is round in general, that's typically how a map will look.
0: Yeah, but this—it's this sort of vertical
1: uh, splits that you've got going on here.
0: I don't—I don't like the shapes of these continents. I don't. I, I'm sorry that they weren't found
1: in here. bubbles in your beer but i've
0: seen a lot of maps okay i've studied a lot of maps and i've looked at a lot of maps because cartography is a fun part of Dungeons and dragons and i do not sorry matt i don't like the shapes of these continents
1: i enjoyed it i enjoyed it a great deal and i enjoyed that they've actually gone to several of these places but there's others that they haven't like i'm very excited to see what happens in these other places that i've never even heard of
0: it does have a certain adventure appeal
1: yeah um you know and i like that you know taldori and Wildmount are touching but ever so gently so you uh, really have to like you know you have to do some work if you want to get from one to the other
0: yes the isilra is on the west marquette is in the southwest gwessar is in the center wild mount is in the east and the shattered turf is in the southeast, yeah.
1: So I enjoy it. Um, but we're not necessarily critiquing maps or map design, uh, we're talking about the world. Uh, so clearly, you know, I think you are you all cut up on season two? Or are you Fuck no, I'm so far behind in season two. You finished season one, though, right? Yeah, for sure. Z. So, you know, so you know, Taodor, you know, all the, the happening places.
0: I, uh, yeah, I'd say it is half of this world is explored in the first campaign,
1: yes. So I think probably uh the thing that you talked about with uh Eberon and Fayrune is the history and there actually is a, a fair amount of history that that Matt's put into Exandria. Um yes. you know, they talk about the divergence and they talk about, you know, the time before the gate to the heavens was closed and There's just a lot there um, that I find interesting. I don't know how much you've studied it or not. But I love the idea of the the prime deities, not necessarily the good guys, but the prime deities and the fucking evil deities or the betrayer gods duking it out. And that's how the world as we know it is now existing is because of those huge epic fights. It's very uh, Clash of the Titans for me and I enjoy that.
0: Yes, it does have a certain appeal in that there is the, a lot of big, big stuff happened at one point, and everybody is vaguely familiar with the big, big stuff. Like, mm-hmm. if I talk to an NPC and I reference a, a historical event, they'll probably know what I'm talking about.
1: Yes, yes. And then there was the whole, and I think this is, um, I'm trying to remember, I feel like this happened in another world, but I feel like it's it's perfect for a and d setting where there was the age of Arcanum, where magic was the shit. Everyone wanted to do it, except too many people were doing it, and too many people were getting too good at it, and suddenly the mages were taking over the fucking world. And I love that. I fucking love that idea.
0: So, really me this, Batman. Do, is there anything about Matt's world of Exandria that feels to you derivative of other worlds not in a way like oh obviously there's this thing but anything where you look at it and you go well Matt you know why why did we get that thing
1: uh can you give me an example
0: uh what you just talked about right yeah the ma- mages taking over and yeah. and having that's, to that's
1: pretty uh dragon age-esque to me
0: yes that's kind of what I was thinking right is there's there's parts of
1: Blood magic. I'm just, gonna,
0: I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna lose followers in the show because I'm just gonna I'm gonna be hard on Matt's world.
1: <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, Sounds about right. Yeah, Sounds like part, so course you guys for you. hate
0: on critical role. I'm not hating on critical role. I really legitimately sorry, don't like the shape of these islands, but it is a map. right? I give
1: up the island shapes.
0: Uh, but the the history of it, Matt has taken existing tropes and made them his own in a pretty successful way. Mm-hmm. Now I think that's fortunate that it's historical and that he doesn't have to act out those things. And that's the reason that those things tend to be historical in a campaign setting or a world is because those big events are level twenty players. Mm-hmm. Those are not your adventurers, generally speaking. That's fair. So, like we, you, those, the, it's kind, it's kind of. It's kind of common in a in a world building to make those things happen in the history of the world because your players wouldn't survive um i do want to name some things that i love about Matt's world though
1: and it's just hubbard duke (laughs) oh my god hubbard duke's the fucking best
0: really just the names of things he's named things pretty well
1: yes yes like there's a level of seriousness to it and a level of I'm having fun with this that honestly, I feel like you don't get in a lot of D and D realms and worlds.
0: It's very, very hard to name everything. Yeah. Every name you come up with will get made fun of by your players. And Matt's players do that. hundred percent. Every time. It's very, very hard to come up with. Um, a, in, in Exandria or Tal'Dorei, there's a place at the very bottom. Sarm, right? I can't ever say it. Tzarrm, it's like a, it's like con- consonant soup created a word, but <laughs> it feels magical and evil, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have um, Blade Garden is a fort, is a is a town, which that is very good. historically named place. That's how a lot of places were named in European nations and American nations, where you just mm-hmm. took two words and smashed them together. So he's I, got a like good crack,
1: very dwarven sounding, place. very
0: dwarven sounding, you know, Cinder Peak as a name next to Pyra, right? A town fiery. Huh? Get it. Um, so he's he's done a good job naming the thing. So I'll give him a lot of credit for that. Mm-hmm. Even Exandria as a as a word. Well, I talked about this, you know, um, I think in the last episode feels like a good name for a world.
1: It feels big, you know? Yes. feels like an, uh, an epic area.
0: It does. It feels epic. When I was trying to name some stuff for... The, not the campaign we're in, but the one before. No, no, the campaign we're in. I just started writing down the names of all the worlds that sound cool and seeing if there's a pattern to it to, like, come up with my own. There's really not. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, like, really no good way... If you just you just kind of come upon a good word or you don't right like eberron very cool sounding it's not the continent though right did did, did you see the continent name for eberron what is it Corvair. i
1: K-8. think that's I think that's definitely one of them. I feel like there's multiple.
0: That's the main one. That's the largest continent of Eberron, right?
1: There's uh, what? Uh Argon, and That's like Everest, naming the other Lost continents Devil. in the
0: Forgotten Realms. No one cares. It's Faerun, yeah. right? But it, that's not a great name of something. It just sounds like a word. Mm-hmm. So I will give Matt major props, having having come up with a lot of this. I don't know how much of this he had written before they started adventuring, right? Or And they yep. just had like his players fill in like I did with you guys in our new campaign setting. I'm like, yeah, just raise your own backstories. And I put a dozen towns in there that you all named. Mm-hmm. And most of which were pretty good. There's a couple that are goofy.
1: <laughs> do you know what my favorite, 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 favorite part about Exandria is? What's that? The calendar. There's a calendar. I yep. love it. Yep. He's got a calendar. That's so hard to do.
0: Because nobody cares nobody cares nobody's keeping track of the calendar days of the week do not matter in an adventure yeah.
1: no it's so hard to keep track of them like you may know i've got five days to do this but it's like uh is it gonna happen on a mirror or on a four day or you know whatever
0: and he also has holidays yes holidays that have things happen in them Celebrations. Uh you know, what what with the winter festival? Winter winter Winter's, Winter's Crest Crest, thank you. I was gonna say winter veil, vale. it's not it. Winter's Crest. Right? They he they, they, they do and they celebrate in the game.
1: You know how many holidays they have? No, I don't. Uh seven nine, eleven, 11 14, 16, 18, Uh twenty-one. Twenty-one holidays. Twenty-one holidays. That's yeah. a lot. Yes. That's a significant amount
0: of holidays. Mm-hmm. I think it was. Uh, I don't know, it was doing my research. I was thinking. Was it Eberron Doesn't really have any holidays.
1: No, mm-hmm.
0: Feyrun. Feyrun doesn't ha- like Waterdeep, especially. Doesn't do much in the way of holidays.
1: What's also interesting is I don't think Winter's Crest is actually a holiday. I think it's the name of the festival for Harvest Close, which happens on Fessurin twenty. 20- oh, Fessurin third. There you
0: go. I gotta tell you, naming months is even harder than naming
1: places. <laughs> I will say, uh, obviously, I'm very pro critical role. Uh, The names for the months, I don't like them. They're not not correct. I I feel like month names should be simple.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I challenge that with February.
1: Yes. Again, should be simple. But there's a reason (laughs) that it's the shortest month because it sucks as a name.
0: Well, yeah. Because May, for example, as a month, quality month.
1: Perfect. Quality month. May is great. June. June. July.
0: But then you get into like September. You're like, okay, things are going downhill from here. However, October quality sounding month. Yeah, right. Like
1: and really heavy. I like December because December feels like December happens in December.
0: Well, for in the northern hemisphere, I wonder how southern hemisphere people feel about December.
1: Well, it, probably the same way they feel about any hundred degree day. Fucking terrible.
0: Yeah, probably. But like you know, for example, May in the southern hemisphere, it's it's still a decent month mm-hmm. it's a fall into
1: winter month look at this calendar i'm actually very curious to learn what happens on Thunshir 31st which is known as mary Franz day i don't know Ma- who the fuck mary frond was
0: mary frond, like a pond frond? all one
1: name all one name mary frond. so i'm guessing it's I'm, like somebody's last name and they did something
0: well fr- frond like f-r-o-n-d yes i'm gonna google mary frond's day
1: Okay. Oh, oh, they wait, they give us an explanation. Give me a sec. I should have okay. kept scrolling. Uh or no, they give us a they give us something. Wait, what is this? It's Christmas, isn't it? Oh, okay. Well, they give us explanation on some of the days, but not all of the days. Like here they explain Winter's Crest. Uh this day celebrates the freedom of Taldorei from Erevan the Rhyme Lord. There you go. It is the peak of the winter season, so devout followers of the Matron of Ravens considered to be one of their holy days
0: yeah we talked about holidays before and matt's done a pretty good job of it but is there anything specific that you want to close on exandria with because um it's, it's a D continent right it's not Eberron, there's no machines it's not low magic it's not uh so... it's not a ruin with its big major heroes who walk around except the critical role uh mighty nine really and
1: people like um who's the who's the vendor so I think um, probably my favorite no more. part. Yes, my favorite part about Exandria as a whole, um, and the thing that they do that not a lot of other campaign settings are doing or necessarily willing to do is the introduction of specific dialects. I, I actually I, I enjoy that. I enjoy that that. Um, oh, what language does Caleb speak? Um,
0: Oh yeah. Uh,
1: What's that? What's that called?
0: Not Jor-Hassian, it's
1: not and It's Zam something. zam something.
0: Zenzavar.
1: Zenzavar. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, but yeah, I, I just I love the idea that there are these extra languages, essentially, that aren't necessarily different languages. They're just different dialects. But you have is to learn them. Real. This yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It feels very real and it feels very unique because it's not something that a lot of other places do or really want to go into. Um, Zemnian. Zemnian. That's it. I, I just, like um, the thing uh, that uh, I, I dislike about Matt's world and uh, this one I will love shit for. I strongly uh, strongly dislike the uh, time magic that they've introduced. I don't like it. I'm
0: not there yet. What the fuck are you talking
1: about? You haven't gotten to that yet? It's season two? Yeah.
0: No, I'm so far behind. Oh. Go ahead. I don't care about spoilers.
1: Well, no, I mean, so essentially all of the uh, all of the Jorhasian uh Empire, I think is what's called, right? No, the Kreen, the Kreen dynasty in Jorhas, yeah, that's it. All, all those guys are deep into um uh time magic, which is uh chronurgy, and uh uh reality bending, which they call graviturgy.
0: Well, you don't like time travel as a
1: story element. I don't. I don't, but um there's just like there's a lot of very incredibly powerful things that these people can do that I feel like weren't necessarily vetted as well as they should have been
0: that is a thing that Matthew Mercer and sorry you know everybody has really struggled with is balance in content for for all the stuff he's come up with
1: yeah it's, now it's all what great, I it's, say. Gone,
0: it's awesome but maybe not a silly balance right and, and,
1: you know if you if you really ever go back and watch season one in the first episode he says guys these are all homebrewed rules we're just here to have fun don't take it seriously and i never really worried about it until it stopped being that and now it actually is content playable actual content that people have to abide by uh dunamancy that's what the fuck it's called they call it dunamancy duty so when um, Dunam-
0: dunamancy it's gonna be a problem for you
1: so it, I just, it, it just feels, it's like psionics. It just doesn't feel D and D.
0: Well, that, maybe that's the Exandria thing. That's what makes Exandria Exandria is different kinds of magic.
1: Yes. Yes. And I'm all for it. Uh, and I hope that it all works out for them. I really do. Um, because I love 99% of what I've read and seen. Um, I There's just, I don't like Dunamancy.
0: All right. We will cover some other campaign settings in subsequent episodes, but that's it for today. Make sure to subscribe and rate the show wherever you found it. Follow us on the Twitter if you want my unrelated to anything tweets and feel free to send us topics that you want to hear about or your D&D rants at rwdpodcast@gmail.com. At Final words till
1: I look forward to seeing you all soon.
0: Oh yeah, make sure to join Till at table one fifty one and one seventy nine
1: nineteen. I'm on Discord. Come find me; we can chat.
0: Chat with him on the Discord. What are, are, are you? have a what's your name on Discord?
1: It's it's Till in those table numbers.
0: Till, okay, fantastic. Um, all right. As always, we will see you next time.
1: Till then. Goodbye.